Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. A couple of guests lined up for you today. No, we don't have any movie stars on the show, uh, but a guy who probably thinks he could be a pretty good movie star, uh, Rick Beardsley, set to join us I, I was at the say, end of hour number two. I was going to say, how is Rick going to feel being like the the second biggest uh, you know personality to have to sit in here. I'm not sure he would accept that. I don't um, think he will. He he might take Do we issue. Tell him. Yeah, sure. We'll tell him. We'll have a little fun with that. Uh, Rick Beersley set to join us at 1:45. We have to talk a little across as Syracuse gets set for another top ten showdown. I've got to rub the it in tomorrow. Rick's face that I I picked right last week. You said going into the season you didn't know much about lacrosse and now you're like nailing your predictions. Yeah. So Syracuse-Notre Dame, uh, 5 o'clock tomorrow inside the Carrier Dome. We'll get Rick's thoughts on that matchup coming up in about 15 minutes from now. Mike McAllister, a good friend from CuseNation.com, will join us to help make sense of this whole Darius Baisley situation. There's a lot to get to uh, on this topic. How does it affect Syracuse? How does it affect him? Um, Let me start with this. I know a lot of people around here are upset by the decision. I get that people are upset that that he's not coming to Syracuse to play basketball. It was a team that had Final Four aspirations. You felt like they could be a national title contender. And again, we'll get into how this affects Syracuse. But let's say Darius Baisley was going to Kentucky or Duke or North Carolina. And this news came out yesterday. Would anyone around here even care? In fact, would anyone around here say it was the wrong decision? No, I don't think so. I I think... uh... There would have been a Schadenfreude, right? If anything, that's the that's the one reaction I would expect if it happened to Duke. Ha ha! ha look, that stinks. Sucks for you guys. Like that's the one reaction I would have expected. Um, instead, it's like a, a woe is us, right? Like, man, this is terrible. Why does this stuff always happen to us? Why is it always Syracuse? It was Andrew White not deciding. It was Torian Thompson leaving. It was Tyler Lydon leaving. It was Malachi leaving. It's it's Darius basically never showing up. Like why does Quite this a green ha- change his mind? Green, right at the last minute. Why does this always happen to us? Right. I think that's the larger feeling here. Of it's not just this. Right. Like it's it's not just Darius Baisley deciding not to come to SU. It's not just him deciding not to come to SU when the expectations were set high, coming off an, un- an unexpected run. It's. This is just the latest in a string of things over the last five or six years. So if you're an SU basketball fan or just a basketball fan in general, in general, and you think this is the wrong decision, I'd like to hear why you think it's the wrong decision. And again, I'm going to open it up at 315-437-7644. Oh, <laughs> We're opening a can of worms here. Well, let's talk about this. Because I don't think it's as easy as, well, this kid's going to go make some money and he's going to go in the NBA draft. He's probably going to be a lottery pick and it's smooth sailing from here. And this has nothing to do, again, if this was Syracuse, if this was Duke, if it was North Carolina, I don't think my opinion would be any different. Darius Baisley is taking a gamble. And by that, the narrative yesterday was, 
well, this kid's got it made. He's going to be a lottery pick either way. Instead of going and playing for free, he's going to get $26,000. He's going to sign with an agent. He's going to get endorsement deals. He's going to have money in his pocket. He's going to play against professionals. He's going to go to the NBA. Everything's going to be fine. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe he goes to the G League, and he's 17 years old right now, turns 18 in June. He's going to be playing against 22 to 32-year-olds. He's an he's an inside player. I mean, he's a he's a four, you know wing player. He's a forward. He's going up against grown men. What if he struggles? Throws his name into the NBA draft. Is he necessary? Like, is he essentially guaranteed to be a lottery pick? I I don't think so. Whereas, just let me finish for one second. Seth. Yeah, yeah. If he were to go to Syracuse, in my opinion, that's the safer route. Syracuse, Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, whatever. He would go to college. He would be a stud. He would start. He'd play his 30-plus minutes a game. He'd average probably close to a double-double. If he went to Syracuse, Duke, North Carolina, he's probably going deep into the NCAA tournament. His stock, if anything, would rise. If he goes to the G League and averages four points per game, is he a guaranteed lottery pick? No. So this is a gamble for Darius Baisley. And again, for me, this has nothing to do with the Syracuse aspect of it, and we'll get into that. It'll be interesting to see how this thing plays itself out. It absolutely is a gamble. Like, don't get me wrong. It is absolutely a gamble for the reasons you just said. Because in all likelihood, he would have come to college and been the dominant player, right? Rather than going to the NBA G League and and being that 19-year-old in a grown man's world, right? He's he, he's going to be a boy among amongst men where it probably would have been the opposite, right? And he would have dominated, in all likelihood, the college game. Now, with that being said... I do think there's positives to this. The first and most obvious is $26,000 is $26,000 more than he would have gotten playing here. Then you add on top of it the agent's fees that's going to somebody's going to slide in and say, "Hey, I can get in on the ground floor." I think a shoe company or an advertiser will do that same thing as Understood. well. Understood. Okay, put that to the side. It's a fraction though of what's Ad- waiting for oh, him in the NBA. No, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Put that aside. I think that there is a positive in this regard and this might sound a little odd given that we know every single time we go to the Dome, there's somebody there from some NBA team watching. I think there's more of a focus from NBA scouts on the G League than maybe there, there, there would be in college, right? I think that there there are, because, given the nature of it, given the nature of your playing now in an NBA system, I think that there is even more of a focus on that and scouting and def- and, and watching those players. So while there might not be exposure to me and you and and fans, right? The casual fan might be sitting at the draft next year in June, and when their favorite team picks Darius Baisley, they might boo him like the European that they know nothing about. Like, I think that there might be just as much, if not more, exposure to the NBA people, and it will be against better competition. I'm so if not he can play well wrong. there... It might benefit him. You just said if he could play well there, and, and it that's will benefit take, him. And that's what I'm going to take issue with because what's more impressive? And I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah, there's there's probably going to be more of a focus. You're right for the NBA guys on on the G League than maybe a college game in mid January. But what's more impressive? Going out and scoring eight points in 18 minutes against the Fort Wayne Red Ants, or playing Duke it's down a, in Cameron? On, Steve. It's, the mad, it's the Mad Ants. Whatever. <laughs> That proves your point. The Red Claws from Maine. I'm sorry, I was I was combining my G League nicknames. I apologize. Thank you for correcting me that on that. That proves your point. 
it proves my point. What's more impressive, that or going down to Cameron and putting up, you know, 17 and 11 against, you know, a top 10 team on national TV? My point is, See, is, is that if he shines in the G League, yes, it'll work out for him. But you. The chances of him shining in college were very high. The chances of him shining in the G League but see, here's might where, be 50-50 but at here's, best. Here's where I want I would love to ask somebody who's in that organization, right? I, I would love to find a scout, a, a somebody, a front office member. Is it more impressive to go 20 and 14 in college or 12 and 10 in the G League playing against grown men? 12 and 10 is pretty good. Right. I, I, That's if, what I'm saying. Well, like if, if he you, gets 12 and 10, then I'm going to be surprised because, I mean, listen, he looked good in the McDonald's All American game. The kid needs to put on some weight, he needs to put on some muscle. Okay, fine. 12 and 6. Is that better than going 20 and 10, 20 and 12 in the, in the I, in I don't know. I don't know the answer to I'm that. Not sure. I, I, will, I will say I'm not this. Sure. I was reading an article today, and I thought it was a good example. Jason McIntyre from TheBigLeague.com uh, posted this article, and he compared Darius Baisley to Terrence Ferguson, who back in 2016 was supposed to go to Arizona. Instead, he went overseas. He played in Australia. Yep. He averaged 4.6 points per game. And, you know, he said the Australian League is comparable to the G League. Again, I don't know. I don't watch Australian professional basketball all that often. Um, But he said the leagues are comparable. He was picked 21st overall in the draft. And, again, if he had gone to Arizona, is he a lottery pick? Scored his 18 points and would have been a lottery guy. Right. And, And I guess that's my point, is that this is a roll of the dice. Everybody yesterday saying, you know... how can you blame him? And listen, it's his decision. I'm not going to blame him if him and his family think this is the best route. I'm just not sure this is the best route. Can I also give my my other skeptical question here? And this is something we could dive into, uh, you know, later on. I know we've got callers on the line and Mike McAllister waiting for us as well. Um, how how willing, I guess, is the word? Are G League teams and NBA franchises going to be to develop him and make him better? Given that there's almost a guarantee that they won't have him next year, you, you understand what point. I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you were a minor league baseball player, and and that's the best equivalent, or if you're on the Syracuse Crunch, right? If you're on the Syracuse Crunch, you've got a shot of going to the Lightning. Sure, there are some players on the Crunch that are higher priority for the Lightning than others. We know that, right? There are people who sign AHL only deals. There are players who sign two way deals. There are players who you know were drafted by the Lightning. I understand that. Darius Baisley in this situation is not only one of those free agents that is only signed to the minor league deal, but he's probably at the low end of the the priority there, right? Like, wouldn't you think? Because if I'm, I don't know, if I end up with the Knicks affiliate and he ends up in Westchester, right, what, what benefit do the Knicks get? From developing him and making him a better player, when they then don't get to when they then automatically don't get him next year. It's a great point. Um, I'm not saying that those teams wouldn't try to develop him. I think if I'm they're there, they're going to coach him. I will say this: Is he going to get the same amount of minutes as someone who's in the organization? That's my I think point. That's, I guess. Yes, and I think that's a very good point. Listen, we got Mike McAllister coming up uh, in about seven minutes from now, so let's quickly get to some phone calls. Drew and Clay up first today on Orange Nation. Hey, Drew. Hey guys, how you doing? Um, def- definitely a big loss for Syracuse. I think um, I don't like that people have to go on Twitter and social media and rip the kid. It's his decision. Whether we think it's the right one or not, look at the SU basketball landscape. Though I think it hurts. It hurts the team for next year. It's a, he was another scorer. He was a big recruit, Marvin Bagley type, coming into Syracuse. We finally got the McDonald's All American, and he doesn't even step foot on campus. He's gone just like that. Never got to know him. Um, Will the 
can be fine, yes. But I think with Bagley, with Bagley, with De- with Basley for next year, I think it's a different state. Even with Taj Battle, assuming leaving, that we were a national title contender, that's the that's the impact he would have had. Without Basley, we're probably a top twenty-five team, and that's okay. But the preseason hype that we're, we're expecting to get with this recruit coming in, everything going on, is not going to be there. Now that's what kind of stinks. Still be a good team next year, but it does affect. I just hope that going forward, that there can be some sort of rule set in place. Like once you commit, you commit and that's it. You want to go to G League, that's fine, but you have to make a decision by such and such a date. So, because what does, it, it, Alan Griffin busts his butt off to get this kid here. All that hard work by the wayside now because of a decision this late. And what unfortunately is for SU basketball, they're going to have to try to find someone else. You're not going to find a Basley type this late in the game. You can go another grad transfer, it's fine. As you basketball survive, it's not me being nice, but at this, you can't sugarcoat that this is a big loss for the basketball program. And people then say, we'll be fine. Yes, we will be fine. But this, to me, is a humongous loss. That, that's the bottom line. There's, there's no way getting around that. And I know people sit there and try to say different stuff and this and that, but at the end of the day, it's too bad it happened. I'm not going to wish ill harm on the kid. I think it would, I personally have been better off playing at Syracuse in front of national TV audiences instead of playing in front of a few hundred people in a G League and on a Tuesday night in Idaho taking on Long Island. But hey, he got to do what he thinks is best for him. That's the bottom line. We wish him well, and as you best will, we'll survive. But I'll leave in this note: it's a big loss of the program, and anyone tells you it's not. You're kidding yourself. Yeah, thanks, Joe. It it is a huge loss. And we can get into how this impacts Syracuse, uh, certainly, as the show moves along. Uh, You know, Joe said they're going to be fine. They will be fine. Yeah. It, it's just, what's your definition of fine? If your definition of fine is, you know, make the tournament and make it to the second weekend, great. Next year had the potential to, to be, be a, a really year. special season. And let, let's see what happens with O'Shea and Tyus before we, you know, say it can't be a special season. This kid, though, is a game changer. So, yes, it obviously hurts. Let's, let's get one more quick phone call in here. And, again, if you're on hold, uh, call back after 1230 because we got Mike McAllister coming up next. But Wayne in the truck is up next. Hey, Wayne. Hey, you know, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, and, and I've never been in his shoes. So what are the chances that this could be the greatest uh, April Fool's joke ever perpetrated in upstate New York? He's a couple days early. It is, but that's what makes it so great. You're, you're dragging out, and then on April Fool's, oh, Scott, yeah, I'm coming. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Listen, uh, there are a lot of SU basketball fans, Wayne, that hope you're right. I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's happening either. No, I, I think that he, and this is, again, another thing that we can get into after we have Mike on. I think that he totally understands the weight of what he's doing. Um, because as we're talking, and, and we talked about this, what, in September, October, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. When we when we look at the FBI stuff, when you look at what change you would imagine is coming in the NCAA and what potential changes there could be, you know, the G League has been propped up as this alternative, and nobody's done it yet. Nobody to this level has done this. Um, so he's the first one. He's the first McDonald's All-American, top recruit in the country, ca- uh, caliber player, to say, you know what, I'm I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to the G League. And I wonder, and, and I think he understands this, I wonder how much legitimacy it adds to the G League and what it does for the future. Do we see, instead of going to Syracuse, to Duke, to Kentucky, to UCLA, to those blue blood programs, UNC, uh, Kansas. Do we see guys say, you know what, I'm going to go to the G League? 
it's it's worth it. Yeah, I may not be playing in front of thirty five thousand. I may be playing in front of you know three hundred fifty, but I'm going to get more NBA eyeballs on me, and that's the important part. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. We'll bring on Mike McAllister from CuseNation.com to to talk about this Darius Baisley news, how it affects Syracuse, how it affects recruiting immediately for the Orange. We're back after this on Orange Nation. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. Phone lines now open for the next hour, plus at 315-437-7644. I, I tend to agree with pretty much everything Mike McAllister said. I think O'Shea's coming back. I think Ty is probably going to go to the NBA. And I think this is ultimately going to prove to be a not-so-good move for Darius Baisley. I'm not going to say it's going to be a complete failure. I'm not saying he's not going to get drafted in the first round. I think this is a roll of the dice. I think the safer play, much safer play, is to go to college, do your thing, score your 15 points, play on a good team at Syracuse, and by this time next year, he's he's still 18 years old at this time next year. He turns 19 in, in June. NBA scouts will be drooling over the potential this kid has. You're right. And here's what I, I would say. I, I was going to say is it a cop-out, but... I think it is a higher risk, higher reward play. I really do. Because if he comes in here and he averages his his twenty and eight, right? What's what's he top at us? Let, let me let me say if this. He, if he right goes now, there right now, before he made this move, yeah. he was projected to be like a top ten to twelve pick. Okay. If he goes to the G League and sets the world on fire, top what pick? does he go top five? No. Why not? He's playing against better competition than DeAndre anybody. He's not Marvin no, Bagley. Like, but he, but those kinds of guys are going to go player. one, two, three. There's going to be somebody from... My, my point is, is, if he goes from 10 or 12 to like six, is that really worth it? I mean, and that is... I don't know. You, you said high risk, high reward. That is like... That is the best. The best he could do, in my opinion. Again, I don't... You don't know who the top prospects are going to be. I mean, you could guess who the top prospects are going to be, but I mean, Zion Williamson, and, sure, right, and R.J. Barrett, so and is, so Cam perfect, Reddish, right. But perfect example, like he's not going higher. Like I don't care if he scores fifteen a game in the G League, he's not going ahead of Zion next year, right? I don't know. Yeah, you do. Probably not. No, he's not. So you say high risk, high reward. If he goes again, if he goes like sixth overall, opposed to tenth, is that really the high reward? It's a high Here's, risk. Well, is that the reward, or is the reward getting on the court, getting on the court and being a better player in the NBA faster? Because in theory, you would develop differently and maybe develop more to an NBA team's well, liking. Well, that's what he he's hoping for. Right? Because he's going to be at a professional facility and he's right. going to have professional coaches and it's going to be his job and he's going to get paid. And so I get like all if that. You're, if you're going through this system, right, and you develop the way an NBA team wants you to develop. Does that mean that you get more minutes and better minutes early? And I, I know, look, look, if you're the top overall pick, you're getting some pretty good minutes. But does it make you a better, more successful NBA player earlier? And does it matter? I mean, look, these guys in all likelihood, if you're the first overall pick in the draft and you are successful, you're probably maxing out on your second deal. So it it the timeline doesn't really matter, no. does it? No. And I again, I think it... I think it's a risk. I think it's a big risk because the best you can hope for is maybe you bump up a few spots and and yeah, maybe it's a smoother transition. But if you go to a, a big time college, you're playing in big games and as we said, like whatever G League team takes him, he's he's not their property past one year. He he he's thrown into the draft and everybody has a fair crack at him. Now maybe they get to know him a little bit and and maybe if they have a high pick 
you know, he's projected right now, I was reading an article today, if he goes, you know, one or two in the draft, he's either going to end up in, I think, Charlotte or Utah, I believe, uh, you know, with those organizations. Now, you know, could they turn around and maybe, you know, we love this kid or, you know, we'll trade up to get him or if they have a, a pick in the lottery, they grab him. Maybe, maybe it works out in that regard. But the flip side is if he goes there and they have no incentive to play him and he plays limited minutes and scores, you know, five points a game, What's does his stock drop? Right. And then he costs himself some money. That's and a, what I, that's and a what cool I'm, experience of playing in college for a really good team. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. I, I don't know, like, how good does he have to be to make it look good? How bad does he have to be to really drop? Like, what what's the floor? Like, if if he averages eight points, is he falling? I don't know. Like, I I think, and I think that's the, I think some that's of it. The, that's the unknown, isn't it? Because we've never seen somebody do this right. before. And we've I, never seen somebody risk. go and play in the G League before. And I think some of it depends on how overmatched he looks physically on the court. And that's kind of the point. Like, this isn't a guard who's a shooter or a penetrator, and he can get by a 22-year-old or get by an 18-year-old. This is an 18-year-old kid, going to be a 19-year-old kid, who's going to be going up against grown men in a physical position. So if he's right. physically overmatched, does that force his stock to drop? We'll we'll wait and see. Let's get to the, the phone lines. Vito in North Syracuse has been waiting patiently. Hey, Vito. Hey, guys. Yeah, three points I want to make, okay? I, I First of all, I'm absolutely blown away by this. Um, the thing that gets me as a Syracuse fan is that this team goes from being in – you know, national title contention talk to not being in that talk and going from that to being in top 20 talk. And then that fluctuates based on what decision Tyus Battle makes. But if they had brought him in, you know, they have their power score, uh, power forward score at the 3-4 position because I think Elijah Hughes is, is, is a 2-3 guy. Uh, uh, this uh, Basley would have brought in a good score at three four, and then you pair him up with O'Shea, and you got a formidable threat similar to Dukes, uh, Carter, and Bagley. So th- this was a real big blow to the program. Um, best recruit since Carmelo, in my opinion. So this really hurts as a fan. Um, the other point I wanted to make is I think it's laughable for anybody to say that uh, you know the, the NBA scouts are, are so short-sighted that they can't see the competition this kid is playing against, and they can't make you know the assumption uh, based on what they are seeing from him. Uh, you know, I mean, you're playing in the ACC. I don't think there's such a huge step downward in terms of the competition when you're looking at the G League. If they see talent, they know talent when they see it. So, and the other thing I wanted to make a, a, a is uh hold on i had it written down uh i think an agent could have possibly spoken to him i haven't heard this talk yet but uh, someone may have said to him hey here's 50 grand 100 grand whatever if you sign with me a year from now how do we know that didn't take place because i think in these matters money talks you know what i'm saying guys i mean if he goes uh, to college there's no more money on the table yeah. So who's to say somebody didn't come to him and say, "Here's a suitcase, fifty grand in cash. When the time comes, uh, you get your NBA contract. I get five, ten percent of that." Yeah, and and there, there's didn't nothing we to see. Say. This is what ha- what happens, right? Like, and we know that happens, and that's. But again, the, doing like, it, we the FBI just just said this happened. Like but, we know that happened. But doing it with a high school kid before he's in college, like. Darius Baisley is allowed to sign with an agent. He's now a professional basketball player. Like That's right. his prerogative. So they're not doing anything wrong by giving him some money. He signs. He gets a signing bonus. And he doesn't even necessarily have to say, well, a year from now when I'm drafted. Like He's the client beginning immediately. So, 
you know, I, I know some people have brought up what what protection can can a, a college be given the fact that he's already signed. You know, what can you do? Maybe you change the rules. You know, may, but again, it's an but NBA. what does it do? But but the M- Hang on one second. Yeah. The, the, the one and done is an NBA rule. And if the kid goes and plays for the G League, that's an NBA enterprise. Right. So the NBA, you know, they, they're not going to be motivated to say, oh, yeah, well, we have to protect the colleges. It's not their game. It's the college's problem. Right. And look, realistically, and I, I had this conversation, you know, yesterday on Twitter. Somebody was like, oh, why? the NBA has to change the one and done rule. It has to go. It has to go. It's terrible for college athletics. Why does the NBA give a crap about the college? Like, they, they don't, right? Like, why does the NBA care about Syracuse University? They they don't. And, and that's the easy answer. So I, I don't think this is going to change. I don't think this rule is going to change. And look, realistically, I, I think at any point you'll find a loophole. Okay, so they get rid of the one-and-done rule. All right. Well, either Darius basically never shows up at Syracuse and never is recruited, or the same thing happens. Where he signs, and he plays in the McDonald's All-American game, and instead of going to the G League next year, he's entering the draft in two months. Like, it, it, it changed the rule. The same thing happens. It doesn't matter. A lot of people want to check in on this. Back to the phone line. Steven North Syracuse up next. Hey, Steve. Yeah, uh, what he just described is one of the prevailing theories going around the Internet, including SyracuseFan.com, where, where I am. And uh, he... Uh, uh, the, the, the feeling is that he didn't. He's not doing this just for a G League salary. That either an agent or a shoe company is uh, is handing out money so that he he would do this. And if they get do it with like ten guys and one of them winds up making millions for them, then, then, then it's worth it. What's, yeah, I, uh, I have no uh, issue with this. Good if, for them. And if that's true, you wonder if there's some other announcements coming along, or if it's just going to be him this year and as you say they'll wait and see how it works out with him before anybody else does it the frustrating thing is of course you know we had one top 10 guy duke has the top three guys in the country are they all going to wind up playing for duke and we're going to have to compete with them with with our guy going off to the pros uh another theory that's uh uh going around that i think has far less credibility the uh, the bayheim bashers uh who were uh, kind of ruling the board as we struggled through the regular season, uh, had to go silent when we went on this postseason run. And they're all back now because their claim is, look at all the guys we've lost, guys jumping to the pros, guys who don't show up, guys who leave the program. And now now, now this happens. They think somehow Beheim and his staff are mishandling these guys. Well, then they never would have gotten them in the first place. Pardon? They never would have gotten them in the first place if they didn't want to come play sure, for them. Sure, sure. You know, that, that's kind of my thing. I'm sure this is a deal uh, uh, with an agent or a shoe company, something like that, rather than a personal reaction to, to Jim Bayheim. Now, I, I haven't heard anything from Bayheim or the university, and it would be interesting to know when this decision was made by, by Baisley, whether, whether it was uh, – some people are saying somebody got to him down in Atlanta, which I guess must be where the McDonald's game was played. Correct. Uh, so so it, uh, it may have just happened, and maybe there were a whole bunch of uh, deals suggested down there to some of these people. So it will be interesting to see if anybody joins them. Uh, th- then there's the subject of, you know, what are we doing in response – I would say if if we just lose Baisley, and maybe even if we just lose Battle, 
we don't really have to do anything else because I think there's enough talent left to field a to field a, a, a good team. Maybe we could get a junior college guy to get us up to ten scholarships and add add a little depth. If we also lose Brissett, then they would seriously have to look into like a grad transfer, or maybe they can get another guy from Europe, because uh, I, I assume Dolage was brought in because we lost Leiden. Uh, I think because they lost Torian, actually. Oh, it, 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 it was Torian. If you, if you okay. read the tea leaves of what uh, Jim Beheim said, uh, uh, what last week at one of his press conferences, I, th- I think it was because of Torian. And of course, that was much later than this, so that market may be open. One thing I thought for a lot of years is that the colleges could get talent back uh, if they would relax their their amateur rules and say that if somebody has tried a professional career and it hasn't worked out or it's over, but he wants to go back to school and get his degree, maybe that sort of player could play for the school's team. You know, you, you wonder what Dante Green or somebody like that is, is doing. So that could, there, there's no rule that would allow that now, but in future that might be something they might want to uh, think about. But, you know, if we could hold the line w- where it is, I, I think we'll still be all right. But if we keep losing players, then they'll have to come up with something. All right, appreciate you checking in, Steve. I don't think 35-year-old Dante Green would be a good thing for the NBA and, and to I don't allow think back into the The NCAA is never going to go for, all right, you turned pro, yeah. you played a couple years, we'll, we'll no. allow you back. That's I, that's never going to happen. Can I also point out that I, I did reach out to the university yesterday after you know the news, very shortly after, uh, was told that there was not a, a statement or a comment. At that time, I, I did not reach out again this morning, but... Was told uh, yesterday around four ish. Yeah, I, re- I reached out as well. Uh, was told that the coaches were traveling yesterday yep, down to the final floor well. uh, on the way to San Antonio. So, uh, no comment yesterday. I, you know, obviously, I know a lot of people are seeking comment from the basketball office right now, and um, you know they they may have been as, as surprised as the rest of us. And you know they're down at the final four and. They're discussing amongst themselves what uh, what the next step is. We do need to take a time out. If you're on hold, stay on hold. We'll get back to your phone calls right after this. Keep it here. You're listening to ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Back on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Charles Heating and Air, 315-437-7644. Let's keep those phone calls coming. Rick in Syracuse next up on Orange Nation. Hey, Rick. How are you doing? How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you? I would agree with Vito and, and Steve that there's probably, you know, follow the shoe money. And, and I'm just happy that, you know, maybe this kid has actually accepted money in the past and knew I'm going to get suspended if I go to college. The FBI is looking everywhere. And maybe we're better off if there is something fishy in the past that he's not here and gets shut down in the middle of the year and, and you know, deal with, have to deal with that and then another investigation and, the, the AAU world is just so shady, and, and who's to say in, in next year someone offers Zion Williamson a million dollars to go to the G League? Adidas says, go to the G League, here's a million dollars, wear our shoe. And when you get drafted, you're an, a, uh, an Adidas kid. Yeah, It's just, it's a seedy world, and I think the FBI investigation is going to change what these kids can and can't do. and. Well, and where the shoe money can put their here's, money. Here's my problem with this, and uh, like, why, why, in my issue with it, why can't they be getting some of the money while they're here? Like, why, why are we walling these kids off? I mean, you're telling me that a Tyus Battle or an O'Shea Brissett doesn't have value right now I in this, this Syracuse community. I know, I know, you hate this community, but this is is going to come up today with this. Like, 
those guys have a value. Darius Baisley would have had a value if he came here. Okay, like then he should be able to cash in on it. And you know okay. how I feel about this, Seth. Once you know, start paying kids or giving them a cut, then it's well, how much of a cut do they get? And if people are going to bend the rules, people are going to bend the rules. And if you can start paying kids to benefit off their likeness or they can make money off autographs, then who's to say to use his example? We'll pay you a million dollars for an autograph session if you come here to Kentucky. Oh yeah, Kentucky's going to pay you a million. We'll pay you one point one million. Like it. That is not the answer, in no, my opinion. But I, I think that we're heading that way. Like why, why? Why does somebody have to go play in Des Moines, Iowa to, to make I money? I would rather kids go to the G League out of high school to avoid, you know, to work around the one and done than what you're suggesting. Because then it becomes a bidding war for the kids in college. And I, you know, I'm not naive to think that, you know, obviously there's there's cheating that goes on, there's bending the rules. Like I get all that. Like it's it would be naive to think otherwise. Um but I mean that would be it, it would be a bidding war for all the top players to come to college. And, and if they want to be pros, then go let them be pros. I would much rather that or the NBA change the rule and do away with the one and done. Or if they keep the rule, let the kids go play in the G League, then, you know, bidding for that's fine. I'm, I'm, the top players I'm to come to your programs. I, I think that eventually this rule is getting changed. I think that they've got to realize that these guys who are playing for them and making the schools and – the, or, the NCAA as an organization have tons of value. Where do they think it comes from? You know, it doesn't just come from the the name on the front of the jersey. It doesn't just come from the colors and the stadium and, you know, whatnot. It comes from largely the players. And and I think that they're going to realize that, and I think that something's going to change here. I don't know what. I don't know what they do, but I think it's going to change. Back to the phone line. Scooter and Jamesville up next on the show. Hey, Scooter. Yeah, go figure. You play for Des Moines, Iowa for a million. They're playing Ames, Iowa for nothing. I wonder which one I would choose. <laughs> But this is, you know, this, you know, let's get Syracuse out of the, 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 the subject, okay? This is Kentucky or Duke. You know, we're, you know, we're, you know, we're, you know, we don't care. This is because it's Syracuse. I applaud this guy because he's telling me he doesn't want to be in college. He doesn't want to go to school. He'd rather make money. And if that's the case, I think he should be able to do it. And I agree. Instead of that Louisville thing where they're hiding 150000 for a kid to come, you can pay this guy openly 150000 to go. To go for a shoe contract, and you can instead of having Steve Smith at NC State getting a seventy-five thousand dollar loan from an agent, he can do it wide open. Why, you know, why can't he? He's probably going to make about three to four hundred thousand playing in the D League. All right, and if that's the case, so be it. Because if he doesn't want to be in school, that's the way to be. I'm fine with that, and that's an interesting take on this topic. Yeah, would you rather the kid be upfront about it and say, "I want to be a pro. I don't want anything to do with college." Would you rather that you know he goes this route or comes to Syracuse and like takes money under the table from an agent? Like I, I'm fine with that. They both uh, have um, the same end game. <laughs> like, like I'm fine with that angle to it. I'm saying yeah. like if if he wants to go and, and be a pro, then yes, I can respect that. I just think from strictly a basketball perspective. I think this is a, a risk, and I think ultimately it's it's a bad decision. It has nothing to do with Syracuse. If he was going to Duke, I'd say the same thing. I don't think this is in his best interest. No, to I, do this. Look, I applaud him. As Scooter said, I, I you know I, I I think that it's a uh, an interesting decision. I think that it is a potentially trailblazing decision. But I agree with you. I think there's a lot of risk involved. I think there's potential reward, but I think there's a lot of risk. If you're you know not good enough, if you don't break through, if you you know, find it if if you find your way to a team that doesn't care and doesn't want to develop you, that's an issue. All right, let's take another time out. Phone lines are jam packed, so if you're on hold, stay on hold. We got to get back on time. Hour number one in the books. We'll kick off hour number two with more of your phone calls after this on ESPN Radio. 
live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Hour number two of Orange Nation underway here on ESPN Radio. Let's not waste any time. Let's get back to the phone calls. Ed in Syracuse has been waiting patiently. Hey, Ed, how are you today? Hey, man. I got uh, two points, if I can. Yeah. First one is just more of a comment. Um, one, I, I look at the uh, the situation we got with these kids, and maybe there's a dozen of these kids that, that are kind of like this Basley kid who, you know, everyone's tripping over themselves to get them for one year. And then we know that they're gone. They're not staying, and they don't really want to be here. Um, it reminds me of the book by John F- Seinf- uh, uh, Doc, Feinstein, Feinstein yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about the um, the college here being the um, like the Ivy League, last true uh, amateurs, and the idea how it's more it's the last place where it's a kind of pure college athletics. Personally, I'd rather get rid of the twelve kids who don't want to be here anyway. Get rid of the one and done, and you know. I don't think the college game would lose a beat. You know, get you know, let these kids go to the pros if they want. We don't have to trip over them. We don't have to try to keep them here. And then every and you don't have. Then the worst thing is you don't always have to worry. Then you won't have to worry about well, we're going to get caught up with agents or shoe contracts or whatever that are going to kill our eligibility because this kid signed something. Take all that off the table. Let the kids go pro if they can. If they flame out, that's their own problem. Not the not the college's problem, and let's have a more let's have some more student athletes in here, and I think then you get kids who are going to stay for four years. It creates a better product. That was comment one. Uh, comment two. It was question number uh, two was I'd really like to know. I've heard some rumors. I don't know if this is true, but um, you know I'd heard. I'd like to really know um, whether or not um, whether or not Matthew Moore left on bad terms whether he poisoned the well. Um, I had a lot of hope for him, and it's obvious that he would have been third on the depth chart. But what caused him to leave? All right, well, a couple things there. I guess let's start with Moyer. Um, Being third on the depth chart? I'm not not surprised he left at all. I think, you know, just look at how the last two months of this season played out. Uh, Syracuse, you know, had, what, six guys, five and a half healthy bodies, and he still had a hard time getting on the court. Next year, they're going to have twice that. Um, you know, and this was before the Baisley news. They were going to have nine or ten guys. It was going to be a battle for good players to see the court. How did Buddy Beheim fit into this whole thing? You know, Elijah Hughes probably coming off the bench. Um, Even Jalen Carey. And, yeah. You know, Dolajai, who played more minutes than Moyer did this year, was going to be fighting for minutes next so year. So I, I think there's that. Um, you know, I think you can go back, and again, you. How should I say this? You go back to his comment, Jim Beheim's comment about the, you know, basically throwing the kid under the bus about not playing the game because yeah. his ankle was kind of hurt. And I, it went back I don't, to that. I don't want to play a kid who doesn't want to play. Um, I think that was an indication that, you know, Can maybe I, yeah. a transfer was, was coming. Can I tackle uh, the other point? Sure. You? Okay, so... Get rid of the one and done. It'll improve the product. It'll, you know, if kids flop, they flop. Here's the problem. It's an NBA rule, right? That That's the problem with the one and done. The one and done, the, the problem with it isn't that it's a rule. It's that it's an NBA rule, and the NCAA can't do anything about it. Uh, okay, so you want to get rid of the one and done. What incentive does the NBA have to get rid of the one and done? Because it improves the college game? Who cares? Who cares if it improves the college game if you're the NBA? Oh, because you don't want colleges getting in trouble because their players took money? Who cares if you're the NBA? The NBA couldn't care less if these players take money. 
They wouldn't. They they don't care. Uh, oh, you think that it wouldn't be good? You know, it's making a sham of of being a student athlete. Well, who cares? Right? Why, why does the NBA care about that? So I think that realistically, the only thing, the only factor that the NBA cares about is kids flopping. Right? They come into the league and they're terrible because that's what happened. And it was too many high schoolers were coming out and they didn't have a good read on them and they weren't physically ready and they weren't good enough. So the one point that Ed said, oh, they go to the NBA and they flop, who cares? Well, guess who cares? Well, the, the people NBA who cares. make the rule. But if the G League becomes more of a viable option... Like if Darius Baisley and people some of his there. friends join him and it becomes more of a viable option for younger kids and it becomes, you know, like the minor leagues, the true minor leagues of, of basketball, um, then maybe, you know, the NBA would be motivated to get rid of the one and done. And hey, if you're good enough to play, you'll stick in the league. And if not, we've got this, well, or, this improving, well, you know, minor league system that you can go to. Or leave the rule the same. And say at 19 you're allowed to go to the NBA, but at 18 you're allowed to go to the G League, right? You can leave the rule as it is right now, and instead of saying to these kids, you are forced to go to college, you say, well, there's the G League there, and salaries are rising, and it's you know proven that it's it's good for development. I'm just saying, leave it up to the teams. Like you can draft that kid if he's not good enough, you send him to the G League. If he is good enough and he's you know LeBron or Carmelo, then right, but you what, play him. But but again, what incentive does the NBA have to actually change the rule? Because you get LeBron a year earlier if you if there's a LeBron, you know what I mean. Like what? Leave it up to the team. Like if but, if you draft first, no, and I'm, I'm Le- with you. LeBron I'm with, like, is a senior in high school. And he's if Marvin Bagley was a senior in high school this year instead drafted. of a freshman at Duke, he would be a top three to five pick, right? You think he wouldn't have got right? You, so who, who would you have taken, Marvin Bagley or Markel Fultz? Well, that's my point. Is that right. if Marvin Bagley is ready, and remember he had to reclassify to go to Duke this year, so he should have been a high school senior this year. He'd be going to Duke next year for one year. If he's ready to go. Draft him and play him. And if he's not, you send him to the G League. I'm, no, look, I'm with you. I'm fine with getting rid of the one-and-done rule. I have no issue with it. I just don't see the incentive if I'm the NBA. Because, you know what? Okay, great. You might you might hit the diamond in the rough, right? You might get LeBron. Like, the one guy, arguably... It's not the, one. It's not one, Arguably though. the one guy who was really, truly ready from day one to play in the NBA out of high school. There are a How handful ma- of guys that, that could make an impact, or, or play, let's put it that way. Okay. Like, we watched McDonald's All-American. Like, Nasir Little, I mean, Probably I'm not saying play. he's going to average 15 a game. He could play in the NBA. Fair. I don't know. I think that the, I think that the sample size is so small that the NBA doesn't care. Zion Williams, he, I th- he I can think play. That the, I think that the NBA doesn't care enough to change the rule, because what they got right now, they like. And if it means that they grow the G League, the NBA would like nothing more than growing the G League, right? It's another, right. That's another good for business, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, I think you say, why would they be motivated? They'd be motivated they if, the, if the G League became a viable option. The, the NBA would be motivated to get rid of the one and done. Uh, Dom and Syracuse up next. Hey, Dom. Hey guys. First and foremost, this kid is a trailblazer. Whether he he succeeds or fails, he is blazing a path. Something's going to come out of this one way or the other. You say, what's the incentive for? the NBA to make a change the one and done, and here it is. The thing that's going to make the NBA change the one and done is that they don't have a team is going to have to develop this kid, and they're going to lo- they have the opportunity they have the risk of losing that player once he enters the draft. The NBA, by doing this, is almost forced to create a major league baseball esque minor league farm system where a team. Where, where, a, where a player goes into a team's system and develops through that system as to that 
eventually go to that team's parent uh, or the, the, the major league squad. Now, what that does for the uh, NCAA is it drains talent. There's going to be a lot of guys going to the minor leagues. And this goes back to the thing that you don't like, Steve, deferred uh, payment to these kids. Now, if you have a kid that, that shows promise but wants to go to college, there's nothing wrong with signing him to an Adidas contract on a deferred basis. Say, okay, while you, here you are. This is your contract. You make $100,000 for Adidas. If you want to go to the two Syracuse for two years, you cannot touch that money until you graduate. The money's there. It's yours. You don't have access to it. As soon as you leave, you can become a professional. That prevents the drain of talent within the NCAAs, and it allows the NBA to develop talent and keep that talent within the respective teams. What do you guys think? Well, well hang on. Leave yeah, John yeah. on the line. Let me ask him a question real quick. The, the part, yes, you're right. I hate that part, the deferred payments and whatnot. And, and so if this kid signs with Adidas, you know, signs and the money's there and he can't touch it for two years, is he not allowed to go to Syracuse because it's a Nike school? Like, I, I hate that part of it, that, that the, you know, the shoe companies are involved and the agents are involved. And, um, I mean, I mean what? But, 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 but you, you, you have to make it, that part isn't going away. As much as we don't like it, as much as someone may, you know, scream from the soapbox saying, make it go away, it's here to stay. The money's there. So you may as well make it above board. And if a kid signs personally, if, whatever the school signs, if a school's a Nike school, then so be it. But if that individual kid signs with Reebok, Nike, or with Adidas, that's their own personal contract. Yeah, but it, that, won't, that, but it that, won't work. It, it literally won't work at college. Why won't it? Explain, explain me because, why it won't work. Because the schools have specific deals that gives them not just uniforms the, like in the pros. They give them shoes. But, they give them everything. Like understood. It, it literally no, 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 won't understood. work. But, but what we're saying is deferring the athlete signs with Adidas. That, uh, that contract, he gets paid. He doesn't. No, he doesn't I, I get that. But I think Steve and I are saying, why would the... Why would the shoe company, who's not the provider, and this is where the FBI thing came in, right? It, why would the shoe company, why would Adidas pay a kid to go to Syracuse? Adidas is not paying because the kid. Because Adidas paying is not the paying, front end but on, they're on not. Potential. But, but no, but he, here's the thing that happened with the FBI thing, right? Adidas paid kids to go to Adidas schools. They want the exposure right away. They want the kids to And they want to be those colleges to be good. Adidas wants uh, Adidas under, schools to be good. Understood. But what we're saying, what, what I'm suggesting is that. This kid, this kid, whoever, name, name a name, will be an Adidas player once his college obligation is up. Yeah, I, I understand college, what you're saying. He's with that school. He's with the program that he's with. If Syracuse is a Nike school, he's wearing Nike while he's at that program, with the understanding that as soon as he graduates, Adidas I don't has think already that... purchased his rights as an individual athlete. I understand yeah. what you're saying, Dom, and I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I think it, it's going to be hard to, like in theory, it's a. I get the idea. I think it's going to be hard to put into practice. I don't think the shoe companies would go for it because they don't want their guy for a year, two years, three years, whatever it may be. I think be, it's more realistic to for competition. To, to say that the kid can have an agent. Yes. And the agent can pay him and they can give him a signing bonus and then... You know, he's, I think, he's that, I think that the property is more, of that agency that opposed is, to a shoe company. I think that is more realistic. I think that saying that the kid can go to a car commercial is more realistic. That That's why I bring up that example. And I know yeah, you hate any I example. Do. But, like, that's why I bring I that example. I hate any example. I hate but that I, example. But I bring up that one more so than saying a shoe company can go sign them. Because I, I just think it's more realistic that a kid can 
get a local endorsement deal. Trevor Cooney and Michael Benjay can do a window they, commercial if they, they want. They literally had a window athletes. commercial on the week no, after the Final Four. I understand. Like, you're trying to tell me they don't have value. I, no, no, I'm not, I, I know I'm not you're trying not. to tell you. No, I, know I know they have value. I said you just in general. Like, you, plural. Like pe- people not are you, me. Sick. People are trying to say, oh, college kids have no value. Don't let them do anything. Like, no, they do have value. And if if we knew that somebody was leaving this year, I would be so interested to set up an interview, uh, to set up a something with them and say, okay, let's see how much value they've got. One more in this segment, uh, Lewis and Clay. He's been patiently waiting. Lewis, appreciate you chiming in. How are you today? I'm doing okay. Um, question I have is, you know, we, we obviously – understand there probably is an agent involved from the standpoint that uh, Basley was just looking forward to come to Syracuse. He was being interviewed uh, at McDonald's, and then the next day we hear about this, and I understand he wants to be a trailblazer, but how do you think the other players in the G League are going to respond? Are they going to welcome him with open arms, knowing that maybe in some way he's a prima donna because he's the first one to do something like this? Um, I think, I, I think like we all know the answer, Lewis. Well, no, I, th- I think Lewis is right. I think there's going to be a target on his back to some degree. Right, it's, like, it's like Lonzo Ball to some degree, right? His dad just, you know, mouths off, and then Lonzo has to go out and, and deal with it, and he, there's a target on his back every night. That's Lonzo Ball. I'm, you know, Patrick Beverly opening night. Patrick Beverly played a little extra hard um, on Lonzo Ball to shut him down. I mean, we remember that game, and Beverly said that afterwards. That right. He was like, it was Lonzo. I wanted to prove a point. I think... Lewis is right. I think there's going to be G League players that want to prove a point. And, you know, kid, you think you can come here and, you know, play in this league and succeed in this league? You got another thing coming. So I think that's part of it. That goes back to what I said at the top of the show, that I think it's going to be a little more difficult. You know, you said, well, what if what if this kid averages 12 and 6? And I know you're not predicting that, but, you know, what if he does? Stock but what if he goes and averages 4 and 2 and plays 10 minutes a game? And, and I think that, you know, t- to Mike McAllister's point, Mike McAllister said there's a, a greater chance of that happening than your 12-6 and six example. I could not agree more. I think there is a very good chance he goes to the G League and is just, eh, fine, struggling to get minutes because the, the team is not motivated to play him, right? not motivated well, to develop him. And your Dom, Dom brought up something, and, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to piece these together, but Dom brought up that same idea of, like, is there a way to do some kind of a system and I know that the NBA's rule is one and done, right? And you, you can't play in the NBA. But would it make more sense, and, and this is something that maybe now that this is happening and we'll see it for a year, maybe this is something that changes and, and they just hadn't thought of, but does it make more sense to allow Darius Baisley now, this year, to enter the NBA draft, get drafted, and then go to the G League? Get drafted and be told you are not allowed to play, you know, you are not allowed. But you're the to, rights of. But you're the rights of whoever the Cavaliers. The next you're the rights of whoever, years. and you get paid the G League salary until you make the NBA, and then you well, slot in. The reason with I like that idea better deal. is that it would cost that team a pick. So if that team wants to pick Darius Baisley 16th overall. That's their pick for this year. They can't touch. It's like drafting a European player. Well, like it's, it's like, like Ricky Rubio, right? right? You sure. draft Ricky Rubio, what sixth overall, fifth overall, fifth overall. He's right before right. Johnny Flynn. Fifth overall, knowing Ricky Rubio is probably staying overseas for, for a year years. or two. Yeah. yeah, it turned out to be two years, and you know that you know he's he's yours, but you it costs you a draft pick. So I'd be fine with that. Like he's, I think that you know, he's not going to be nineteen until next year. So when he turns nineteen, right. he can play. You can use a draft pick. 
I, I would be fine with and that. And maybe, and look, they, again, this is probably something that the NBA didn't think much about because the G League is not even yet a one-to-one G League to NBA affiliate. So, like, I don't know that they necessarily even thought, like, oh, what if some kid actually does this? You know, Mike said people thought it was three, four, five years away. So maybe now that it happened, it kickstarts something else, you know, of, oh, there's a better way to do this. Because I think, like, my biggest question mark, and I said this at the start of the show, is how motivated is the team? going to be to develop and to make this kid legitimately better knowing that they've got a very slim chance of actually getting him next year. It's up to him to to make himself better and to take advantage of the opportunity. How motivated is the team going to be to play him? To right. give him minutes? To well, take minutes away from together, someone else? It? It, it does. I'm, my point is, if, is if you're coaching, like if you're coaching your team, you're coaching your team. You're not going to, you know, coach him any less. So I think at practice and workouts and treatments, they're going to treat him like everybody else. My point is, when it's game time and you can either play him. 20 minutes, or you can play the guy who's actually part of your franchise you, 20 minutes. You, you, you're going to pick the other guy. You've got him, or you've got a Tyler Lydon type. And I only use that example because they're the same position, who was a late first-round pick spending time in the G League. Which one are you going to play more? Yeah, if right. You're going to pick you're gonna the, guy the guy that you own the rights to. And right. you don't own the rights, obviously, to Darius Baisley. He's a he's a rental for one year, just like he would have been a, a rental at Syracuse. Right. So that is a, a you made That's a very good point. point. I don't say it often, Seth. You made a very Thank good you. point there. Let's How take does it feel time. to have to say that every once in a while? Eh, it's okay, because it's just every once in a while, <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll get over it. I, I can't imagine what it's like for you to say all the time, like, Steve, you're right again, but you made a very good I point. I never usually say that. You're thinking it, You just it, think I say you're, that. No, you're thinking it. we got to take another time out. Full lines remain open. We're back after this. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Phone lines open, 315-437-7644 as we continue to talk Darius Baisley and how it affects this team going into next year. I, I do want to get back to something one of our callers, uh, Ed, mentioned uh, about 15 minutes ago or, or so. He said, you know, do away with the the 10 to 12 kids who have no business being in college and they just want to go to the NBA. Let them, you know, go to the NBA straight out of high school and then you know, you'll have kids who stick around longer in college. I don't necessarily think you're going to go from having one and dones to all of a sudden everybody's going to come for four years. I, I do think there's something in the middle. Like like a Tyus Battle, for instance. He came here for two years. He got better. He's about Carmelo get, Anthony. No, because Carmelo he was, was pre-one and done. No, no, he wasn't. Yeah, he, he was. He was. He was ready to go. No, but what I'm saying is he was pre, oh, I'm pre saying one he could, and done rule. Okay, I'm sorry. Like I, you know, there there is something in the middle here where right. maybe maybe out of college you, you do need My another year is, to bulk up, and then you. you I think do Carmelo's it, you a bad example because he could have gone to the NBA and played. He, he could have. I mean, he could have been drafted, and you know, he was a McDonald's All American. I think generally, if you're in that game and you put your name into the NBA draft, you're going to go in the first round, probably, or most of them will. Um so I'm saying like a guy who's not a McDonald's All-American, like a battle, like a Jalen Carey, right? He's just sure. on the outside of the McDonald's All-Americans, really good player. He comes for a couple of years, you know, a Michael Carter-Williams who actually was McDonald's All-American, but that kind of player that, you know, he's not a top 10 to 15 recruit in the country, maybe he's 40th. He comes for a couple of years, gets better, and then he goes to the NBA. So I don't think it's just as simple as let the guys who want to go straight from high school to the pros go. You're not going to go back to 1990 where no. Bobby Hurley and Grant Hill and Christian Leitner are staying four years. You're just not. I mean that that's a that's a foregone era. I mean it's it's gone. Like it's that's not coming back. Even if you get rid of the one and done rule, 
Um, would it change some things? Sure, maybe. Uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton probably wouldn't be in college basketball. Marvin Bagley probably wouldn't be in college basketball. Uh, the best of the best probably wouldn't be in college basketball. But you know what? Other than that, you know, you think Markel Fultz probably would have been? Yeah, probably. You know, Alonzo Ball, maybe. Right. You'll still so, have guys go for a year or two, I guess is my point. Right. And, you and, think and, Jason Tatum? Like, I, I don't know if Jason right. Tatum, what, Jason Tatum probably would have been in college basketball still. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It worked out well for him. Right. And, I mean, I think there is a benefit to playing college basketball, is my point, is that I don't think you have to be one or the other. You don't have to go straight from high school or stay four years and there's nothing in the middle. There is something in the middle. Somebody like a Tyus Battle. Um, and I tend to agree with Mike. I think Tyus most likely is going to go to the NBA. I think so, too. Um, if he goes to the Combine and doesn't like the feedback he gets, then maybe he comes back. Um, but I think I think he's ready to go. Um, I do think O'Shea Brissett is coming back. So as we look at how this impacts next year's team, the expectations before this happened were, wow, it could be a special year. It could be a Final Four, Final Four caliber, caliber team, uh, national title contender. I, I think the... You know, the conversation has changed to some degree over the course of the last 24 hours that, you know, this team still has the potential to be good and, and maybe even really good, but to be put in that, that national title contender conversation, I think, um, you know, this this certainly hurts in that regard. Yeah, I, I think that this team still has the possibility and the potential to be really good, uh, especially if Tyus comes back. I, I don't think he will, but, you know, if he does, that adds another, you know, weapon and you know, maybe you rejiggle things and you, you play three guards with Ty's playing on the back line. But uh, beyond that, I think O'Shea coming back is huge, and, and he had a great freshman year, and, and I would imagine that carries over. You know, Frank had a, had a very good junior year. Uh, I would imagine that, you know, continues to to grow and get better. Uh, Elijah Hughes, like I, I think, is going to come in and have an impact. Uh, I think Marek Dolajai having a full off season and being able to put on weight and, you know, being able to develop – That'll be a good thing for him. I think this team could still be pretty good. It just doesn't have the top 10 recruit in the country that you thought it did. And just look at the landscape of college basketball. Who thought that a Virginia team with Kyle Guy as its best player would be the number one team in the country and the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament? That, that's right. just the, the nature of college basketball right yeah, now. Yeah, but Steve, they lost. <laughs> they did. They went 20-1 and against ACC opponents. Tony Bennett named uh, AP Coach of the Year yesterday, and I was looking, you know, and obviously I know they had a great year, but then you see it on paper, and you're like, they went 20 and one against the ACC. Like that is mind blowing. That is unreal. Yeah. Um, but my point is, is you know, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, did that team scare you coming into the season? That team wasn't even ranked coming into the season. So the point is, is if you have some pieces, and this Syracuse team, even without Darius Baisley, and potentially even without Tyus Battle, still has pieces. They could still be good, and if they come together, as we've seen in college basketball, anything can happen. Right. Um, you know, Michigan's in the Final Four. Yeah. You know, Virginia was the number one team in the country this year. Loyola Chicago is in the Final Four. No, I know, but I'm, you know, anything can happen. You're, yes, anything can happen in the tournament, but I'm saying, like, Michigan had a nice team, but it wasn't like, well, Michigan's going to be a, world a national title contender. They're right. two, wins away, two wins away from winning a national title. Right, you know, Virginia was unranked. They they were the best team all year. So the point is, is if you're good and you have pieces, you can go on a run and you can have a have a special season. And this team's going to have pieces, even though not all the pieces we thought they were going to have. They're still going to have some pretty darn good pieces. Yeah. We got to take another timeout. Get back on time. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.